The first scripture reading is taken from Isaiah, chapter 35, verses 1 through 10. It can be found on page 663 of your church Bible. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad, the desert shall rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy in singing. The glory of Lebanon should, shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands, make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are of a fearful heart, Be strong, do not fear. Here is our God. He will come with vengeance, with terrible recompense. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the speechless sing for joy. For waters shall break forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool, and the thirsty ground springs of water. The haunt of the jackal shall become a swamp, the grass shall become reeds and rushes. A highway shall be there, and it shall be called the holy way. The unclean shall not travel on it, but it shall be for God's people. No traveler, not even fool, shall go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come up on it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there, and the ransomed of the Lord shall return, and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads, they shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. This is the word of the Lord. The second scripture reading is taken from Luke chapter 1, verses 46b through 55. It can be found on page 57 in the New Testament in your pew Bible. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely, from now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud and the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, church. I uh, suddenly feel very inadequate to be sharing with everyone this morning. <laughs> I... Uh, I've been studying the Magnificat for a couple of weeks now in preparation for Advent, both for youth and for this morning and even the evening service. And next to these songs and, and readings, I, I titled uh, this devotional thought this morning, Upside Down Praise. And I can't help but think that we need, uh, we need more of these sorts of things on Sunday mornings and uh, maybe a little bit less of us old people. If you will... Uh, Consider this morning, Mary's Magnificat, is, uh, as I prayed and wrote, I didn't want to prepare a full sermon. I wanted to focus on the songs this morning. and So I wrote a, what I would essentially call a devotional. And uh, please 
If you'll uh, bear with me, uh, I would like to uh, read that now this morning for us. Why did Mary run to Elizabeth, her relative? I think it was because doubt had crept in about her pregnancy and her encounter with the angel, angel Gabriel. So she left. She went to see her relative to maybe sort of prove it. I can imagine Mary thinking, the angel also said Elizabeth would be pregnant, so maybe that will help me with my doubt. And so she goes. She greets her. And something miraculous happens. The baby leaps inside of her womb. And they are filled with the Holy Spirit. Which, I should remind us, is not a common occurrence before Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. But nonetheless, this happens. It's almost like an informal worship service breaks out between these two women, separated by both age and circumstance. Both of them share gifts from the Lord worthy of praise and adoration. And so they do. And we are left with this, the Magnificat, the famous prayer of the Virgin Mary. Whether you know it by this or another name, you probably have heard it before. The famous prayer of the mother of Jesus, which is quite quite significant considering what little is written about this woman in scripture, at least about her direct words she shared with us. Much has been written on this and discussed at length by churches, and so I don't mean to attempt any new insight or great wisdom. Instead, this morning, I share my own thoughts and somewhat honest jealousies on the topic. Here is a girl, most likely a teenager, whom we know is from a small town that is rather insignificant. We also know she is just the same as any other human to walk the planet. We have no special indicator that she was any more supernatural than you or I. Which, I would like to interject here, that we are in fact supernatural beings. We are made in the image of God. We are eternal. But more to the point, we are given no additional information about Mary. So then, we this morning can assume that she is also a sinner. This is not a moral judgment on her character, but rather a theological truth, one that applies to all of us today. It is because of this I know that Mary probably had doubts. She must have. She had to. Because we all doubt at times. Unfortunately, none of us are immune. We are much quicker to empathize with the story of Zechariah before this in Luke chapter 1. Wondering if God, wondering if what God actually said would come to pass for our lives. Wondering how, how would God do these things? In the same way, we sometimes even doubt our choices. In difficult seasons, we may even be so bold as to doubt the goodness of God, if just for a second. And in a spirit of honesty this morning, I even must admit that sometimes as a pastor, I experience some doubt. I see doubt creep in to my daily choices, to my vocation, to my calling. Why was this mantle given to me of all people? I, though tall, am no spiritual giant. I do not contain the wisdoms I sometimes see in others. Practically speaking, the job of shepherding is also very difficult. It's not easy. Though often friends and family joke I only work one day a week, the other six days are very stressful. And if that were not enough to scare up doubt in my own soul, it requires a moral and theological certainty at times. Something that I waver in, if I'm honest. An examination of myself in Advent and the story of Mary, 
I come to the conclusion that Mary must have had some doubts. And so too the people around her must have had doubts. Imagine the snickering and the speaking under their breaths. Maybe that's why she went and stayed with Elizabeth for a while. Maybe people around her didn't believe that this unplanned pregnancy was from the Lord. Maybe she did not want to endure the ridicule or criticism at the hands of judgmental neighbors. And yet here in Luke chapter 1, we read that her soul magnifies the Lord. God has looked upon her with favor, the scriptures tell us. And for the record, I would like to add that I don't always consider an unplanned pregnancy favor, nor would I consider ridicule and judgment from others favor. Yet the Lord promises this is from him. And the Lord promises Mary that he loves her. What an upside down, backwards way the Lord seems to operate. Or at least it might seem to us. Maybe we are the ones who are backwards and a little upside down. I want to mention this this morning because I don't know the frequency with which you consider the favor of God. If at all. Spoke about this in youth group this morning. Do we ever realize fully how much God loves and favors us? Even with our doubts and questions we have for God, God says that he has given us his favor. And in the spirit of talking about doubt and being honest, we sometimes may doubt this. And so I will give you proofs. We will talk about proofs very briefly. To start with, we were made in the image of God. If that were not enough, God has also seen fit to bless us with creation. In Romans chapter 1, the Apostle Paul tells us that even if God didn't speak to us and give us special revelations, we can look outside. We see the hills. We smell roses. We see the mighty forests. And they should draw us to the glory of God. And if those proofs were not enough, God decided to help us with our sin and our doubt by sending his son to intervene on our behalf. This act of service from Christ on the cross should bring us all to tears of gratitude and prayer. And yet, God was still not finished with his favor upon us all. This gift of Christ seems so much, but it's even superseded in a way by the gift of God's Spirit, which according to Christ has the power to do greater things than even Christ did. God gave of himself to show us his favor. And so my question this morning is how did Mary understand this at such a young age? How did she know so much better than us? She did not go to seminary. There is no record of Mary having great theological prowess, wisdom, and education. And yet she had something we can all glean from and take from, her praise and her faithfulness. She said, are you hungry for God? Well, in verse 53, she said, he will fill you with good things. Are you his servant? Then he will show you mercy. He is strong and mighty, yet at times we cannot help but doubt. We still want to ask the question, why? Or, how long, Lord? But there is one thing Mary knew that we forget sometimes far too often. Brothers and sisters, we praise God, not because we know all the answers about him. We praise God because God knows all the answers. It seems Mary knew this all too well. And that we forget it far too often. And so in closing. Let us turn to the 
quote at the beginning of our devotional from Dietrich, or the beginning of our bulletin from Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who says, Who among us will celebrate Christmas correctly? Whoever finally lays down all power, all honor, all reputation, all vanity, all arrogance, all individualism, beside the manger. Whoever remains lowly and lets God alone be high. Whoever looks at the child in the manger and sees the glory of God precisely in his lowliness. Please pray with me. Lord, thank you for Mary's faithfulness. In the midst of uncertainty and fear, Lord, she teaches us a lesson that we need to learn every day. This morning as we celebrate with songs and praises, as we prepare our hearts and minds for the expectation of the coming of our Lord Christ, let us remember how he came in meekness and in humility. And let us do the same. It's in your name we pray, Lord. Amen.